Welcome to episode five of Two Discount Grocers and a Microphone. I'm Dylan. And I'm Mike. How's it going? I always Dylan? ask how you're doing, and I've already talked to you, so I'm not even going to ask at this time. Uh, yeah, I don't care. I don't yeah. care how you're doing. Good how are you feeling after the wine sale? <laughs> uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Danny is definitely tired because uh, she was she was rocking that thing for the entirety of the nine days. Nine uh, days, nine days. Yeah. How do you feel about nine day a nine day sale? Like that? I I want to go back to seven days. <laughs> Honestly, right? I feel like for the wine sale, like seven days is plenty of time. It fits mm-hmm. with our normal ad runs. I mean, they said it's because there's a lot of stores that close on Easter, but I, I just I feel like the it takes away from a bit of the kind of excitement. You got to get down to the store. Mm-hmm. It runs too long. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't hate it, but I just would prefer seven, I think, for sure. I agree. Now, of course, we're both open uh, reduction hours on Easter. But, yeah, I also well, feel the same way. I feel like, uh, yeah, just too long. And, and I feel like people plan to go to it. So even, even if you were to do it just in set, you know, the seven days, people are going to get there. So people want their wine. Yeah. So Well, and I, not to, to correct you at every turn here, but you, you were on reduced hours. I was on the full <laughs> schedule, but um, as I messaged you, uh, thank you for cutting me a little bit of slack since you've just been annihilating me in sales lately. It was the one day I was able to pull out a, and a very small victory after right. being open all day when, when you were you closed down due to lack of product basically after the week you had Whatever. holy cow well but you, you closed down three days early last week didn't you wait what oh three just, days it early. Looked, oh oh oh, it oh, like oh it. i got you oh, oh yeah yeah uh slow on the uptake there yes right. yes uh, yeah for sure you would you would think that based on uh our sales comparison Congratulations. You are now ahead for the year. You uh, all hail the king, Dylan Hartung. <laughs> You're probably just slow because we're doing this podcast at 2 a.m. People don't know that, uh, but it is in the wee hours. Uh, yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, also this, true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this podcast, we have uh, Scott Hines from Elkton um, in Maryland. And before anything else, I, I want to say that we did this a little different. So we have our main podcast call with him. And then there was something uh, very touching that we didn't really get a chance to talk about on the podcast. So after our podcast, he's going to talk a little bit um, about, uh, I don't want to spoil it, uh, but if, if nothing else, if you're not going to listen to the entire podcast, skip to the end hear what he has to say, um, a little tribute uh, about his son, and that's all I'm going to say. But it is uh, very, very touching, very um, – I don't want to I don't want to get too much into it. I want him to be able to talk about it. Uh, but it is uh, well worth a, a listen. So, I mean, and first of all, do listen to the whole podcast. <laughs> but I'm just saying if something was to come up and, you know, then, then you can skip to the end for sure. Uh, but uh, – but yeah, now I, I want to, so we will, after, after the podcast and after we do our outro and the music plays, he will, Scott will come back on as well. So just so you guys kind of know where it is in the scheme of the, the four pat for <laughs> format of the podcast. Uh, so I'm going to throw something out to you here, Dylan, and, and maybe you feel like I'm way off base on this. Maybe not, but, uh, Talking to Scott, I was getting some serious like Dave Ramsey vibes, and I don't know why. Like it was something in his voice, like the way he talked, like the the cadence or whatever. Did you pick up on that at all, or no, no. not at all? No, <laughs> no. it's just me, just you. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a clip of Dave Ramsey and then Scott back to back, and we'll see. Yeah, I, you know, I may be off, but I mean. I could see a little bit of the accent and, and, and whatnot, but uh, yeah, not really. You're, you're on your own on this one. So yeah, I guess when he was, I was just hoping that when he was talking about his cash flow, that he would start talking about the debt snowball and, and all go. that sort of thing. Yeah. For, 
for you Dave Ramsey fans out there. <laughs> so on that note, uh, I think we link him in and go from there. Sound good? Yeah. Well, All right. there it is. So we, we give you Scott Hines from Elkton, Maryland. All right, so here we are with Scott Hines from the Elkton Grocery Outlet. How you doing, Scott? Good to have you on the podcast. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, Scott, I guess we'll probably start this out the way we've started out everyone. Tell us about yourself. Okay, so uh, uh, I started with the Grocery Outlet last April. Um and uh was actually aot out in oregon at uh, newburgh uh, with john elliott um, i spent uh, a little over five months out west uh learning uh, the culture and uh being humbled uh during that time uh through the aot training uh, and uh you know definitely grateful for that opportunity to be out west uh, to, uh, get a little bit more of the culture, uh, out there. Uh, and, um, you know, um, my background is, uh, very diverse as far as retail. Most of it was in grocery retail. Uh, but I also have a background with, uh, Lowe's home improvement, uh, both as a store and DM. And then also, uh, I spent some time with Harbor Freight as a district manager. Uh, but, uh, again, most of my background was in, in grocery and, uh, I've always had a passion for the grocery business and, um, you know, was, uh, have always wanted to own my own grocery store since I was a kid and, uh, you know, grateful for the opportunity with that, uh, grocery outlet helped, uh, get me there. And after my training, I came back, uh, East, uh, spent a few weeks in the Palmyra location with, uh, Jeff and Leisha. And uh, soon after that, I uh, was assigned to Elkton, and I've uh, been in the Elkton community since uh, September. Uh, we uh, grand opened in, in uh, November 17th. And um, what else? Uh, single yeah, operator. <laughs> single yeah. operator. Um, and, um, you yeah, know, just, just uh, me in the community, and uh, that's about it. So you had mentioned uh, that you were you were humbled during training. Uh, explain more about that, if you would. Well, I think with my you know with my background, I'm used to being in charge and being the leader. And uh, you know, you really you know I, I listened through all the interviews uh, about the expectations you know during AOT. So you know, I really had to take a step back and. Uh, you know, become, you know, earn, earn my respect with the employees in the store. Uh, also, uh, with my IO, uh, you know, training IO. Um, so, um, you know, there were times, you know, you just had to be humble and, you know, I mean, you, you became part of the team and, uh, you know, you weren't really in charge of anything. Your lead was basically what the IO uh, expected you to do each day and, and, you know, through the week. Um, so, so, you know, that was, you know, someone that's, you know, has my background. It was a, a bit challenging. Uh, but you know what, I, I, I really, um, you know, took that step back, um, and was able to learn, um, you know, what the expectations and, you know, the processes and, uh, you know, the culture, uh, of, of, of grocery outlet by doing that. So, right. okay. So, so you trained on the, you trained on West coast, trained in Oregon, actually right up the road from, from my store in Newburgh. Yep. And now you're operating in the East coast in Elkton, Maryland. So, uh, how, how has the difference been between working in a store and, you know, training as an AOT, but you were training to be an operator over here in Oregon on the West coast versus uh, running a store on the East coast. Is it, is it a pretty big difference or well, one, we don't similarities have, than not one, we don't have beer and wine. 
So yeah, that's that's one big <laughs> that's one big difference. But but the way we order meat and, and produce is, is much different uh, than what you do in the West Coast. And that was uh, a couple of the things I had to come back and learn. That's why I spent a few weeks in Palmyra learning those those processes uh, because you know meat. There's uh, for instance, chicken, you have a week lead time. Um, you know, you have to order a, a week out, uh, your beef and everything else you're ordering, uh, basically two to three days out. Um, you know, pork, you're only ordering once a week and you're ordering that basically a week out. Um, so, so those are a little bit more challenging and, you know, and fortunately, you know, when I was in Newburgh, I, I really, you know, got involved in the meat, uh, department there. And that really helped me uh, adapt to what was different here, believe it or not. <laughs> but uh, but just having that ordering experience uh, from the West Coast uh, helped with adapting the dif differences in the East Coast. Um, but, you know, I, I think um, being out West, it, it allowed me to get more of the culture and, you know, and there's, there's nothing wrong with the culture in the East. Don't get me wrong, but I was able to make more connections, um, you know, uh, and I was able to talk to several experienced IOs, you know, some, uh, that had opened new stores and have been very successful over the years. Um, and, um, so, uh, that was very helpful to me. Uh, I definitely was grateful for the opportunity to be able to spend time with John Elliott. You know, John's a very successful IO and, uh, you know, uh, you know, I mean, he does. Okay. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say he's very successful, you know, but, I mean, the same, but, but, you know, but definitely, definitely, you know, as you know, when you have an AOT in your store, you know, it takes up some of your time. Just, a, and, just a hair, uh, you know, just a bit. Yeah, and, and there were times for instance, that's a know, whole nother. I, that's a whole nother podcast. Once we yeah. get, once we get fully so rooted true. and comfortable and we know yeah. that Gersh it's not going to get too mad at us, at us. That's when we'll talk about the training podcast. <laughs> there, there were days that he didn't make it home for dinner on time because he took that extra time to spend with me. And, uh, you know, right. and definitely, def definitely grateful for that. You're painting, uh, John in a, in a very nice light. Uh, I think Mike and I were, trying to decide who was going to do the first dig on John. Uh, oh. I met John probably 20, 18, 20 years ago. Um, I worked with John for uh, a couple of years at one of the Safeway stores. And so, yeah, we go way back. Uh, yeah. He's a good guy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had to take first dig just due to proximity. I, you know, it wouldn't be right. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> I feel enough. like if you don't, if you don't have a, uh, a healthy uh, ribbing between yeah. neighboring stores, then, you know, What's the point? Oh, yeah. So speaking yeah. of neighboring stores, so you're in Maryland. Tell us kind of about how many stores are around you, how close you are to the nearest couple stores. Because I think you're in a brand new area, aren't you? Yeah. So the nearest store to me would be Coatesville. And it's only, I think, right, roughly about 40 miles away. But it takes you over an hour to get there because you have to go country roads. Uh, and then there's a few in the Philly area. Philly's. Um, a little over an hour drive from me. Um, there's two other in Maryland, uh, Salisbury, but that's a couple hours from me. Hagerstown, Maryland, that's also a few hours from me. Uh, there is one opening in June in Edgewood, uh, which is about a little over 40 minutes from me. So, so when you opened Elkton then, I mean, you were, I mean, there were other grocery outlets <clears throat> obviously in Maryland and, and stuff, but there's nothing, there wasn't anything in your area, nothing closer than an hour away. Right. Basically. No, no. So how was that experience opening up in an area where I'm just going to make an assumption and maybe I'm wrong, where the vast majority of the public doesn't even know what grocery outlet is. Right. Right. And so uh, again, uh, connections that, that I made out West uh, were really helpful in that. Um, and, uh, especially I spent uh, some time with Tom and Angie in Myrtle Creek and, uh, you know, I, I knew the Angie and it was really good at, at the marketing aspect. So I, I drove up and spent a couple hours with them. Uh, so when I got to the market, one of the things she, she told me to do was to, to get on the community Facebook 
as, as, as many groups as I could, which I did and started to learn a little bit about, you know, uh, for instance, uh, I have an Aldi's up the street from me. Uh, and the first Sunday I was on a local group, um, don't go to Aldi's 50 to 60 deep in line. So, <laughs> so I knew, I knew that was, you know, one advantage I could have over them. Uh, the other thing I did is I got Facebook up right away. Uh, by the time I grand opened, I had over 3000 followers uh, on oh, Facebook. And, uh, then I also, you know, I connected with the community, uh, you know, be before, um, you know, when I, uh, you and I had talked earlier, I, I, I had connected with some leaders in the community uh, when I was working on my business plan. Uh, and I, you know, when I got to the community, the, those were the first connections I continued to build with. Um, and uh, the other thing I did is I, I wrapped my car. <laughs> okay. I have a red Subaru Crosstrek that has grocery outlet all over it. So, but when people were coming, so when, after your grand opening and, you know, you're shaking hands and kissing, kissing babies and that, that whole thing, uh, how many people were coming in just not even, not knowing what grocery outlet is and are you, are you getting, cause I mean, we get a fair amount just anyways, but you know, like I was saying, our, the store that we're in has been there for 30 years. So yeah. people in McMinnville. Yeah know the gist they yeah. know we're not going to have yeah. cheerios all the time blah 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 i don't have to give the spiel yeah. are you just giving the spiel about how grocery outlet works and opportunistic buying just over and over and over again oh yeah yeah definitely okay. definitely definitely and it's 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 you know in, in when we first opened you know uh i think some people would get frustrated because they wouldn't see you know we're not a big box and so they didn't understand you know we were you know we're not that full-blown you know, grocery store. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's, a, that, that's constant, uh, in, in educating. Uh, but one thing that I, that I do all the time is, is I, when we, as we get new arrivals in, I post things throughout the day. And right. again, I think I'm in, in an area that I have to do that because again, people don't know, you know, that we're constantly getting deals in. Uh, and, uh, so, so I'm, I'm, and I, and now I'm up over, I believe 5,300 followers. Um, so if there's times I've pro posted a hot item thinking that I had three to five days supply and it's blown out by the evening. <laughs> so, uh, so I've, I've got, I've, I've had to start rethinking, uh, the way I'm buying things, you know, some things I got to, you know, order, take a little bit more of a gamble on because of, uh, the, the reach that I have on Facebook. Now looking at your sales too. So a brand new store, brand new area, and you're already averaging a decent amount over a hundred thousand a week. Um, definitely probably a scary, uh, move for you originally knowing you're going to go into a brand new area. Uh, but that seems pretty successful, especially considering you don't have beer and wine. Um, you open up doing what your first month? Um, off the top of my head, I would have to look. Okay. No worries. Um, no worries. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I mean, uh, my, my first, you can just say like 60 and then it'll make your numbers now look all that more <laughs> impressive. And I bet you only a couple people will fact check you. Yeah. I won't. So yeah. I'm just, you know, no, I, I should have been prepared with that number, but I, I don't, don't have it off the top of my head. That's so. okay. It's not shark tank. You don't yeah. have to have your numbers. Okay. <laughs> So, so yeah, so you're, so, uh, new store, single operator, uh, uh, they don't do that very much anymore. I don't think, I think generally speak and I, I, it changes all the time, I guess. So, cause they weren't doing dual store operators for a long time or very rarely. And I feel like they're going back to that a little bit, but, uh, single operator new store has got to be one of the most challenging things that you can do. I mean, I can only imagine being the only person that knows anything and having to, you know, be all things at once. Uh, how was that for you? Well, you know, I, I, I was, I want to, I want to say somewhat fortunate because of a delay. And I say that I, I had a week's delay uh, in the construction part. And so I actually took, especially my senior leaders that I already had hired 
uh, assistant managers and took them to local stores for a couple weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, both, uh, Justin and Ellie, and, uh, then also in new Holland, uh, they were very helpful in helping, you know, my people get some of the basic, um, items or, you know, that, that, that helps us operate daily. Um, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade that time for anything now because it, it was very helpful to me. We had a pretty smooth grand opening to where, uh, really none of the operators that came to help had to jump on register, uh, because the majority of my cashiers have been to other stores and, and trained. Um, so, and then, then I also, I hired some talent. I had to pay a little bit more for it. Uh, but, uh, I, I have an assistant that worked at the Aldi's up the street for four years. Um, he likes closing. He closes five nights a week for me. Uh, I have an opening manager that also worked at Aldi's. Uh, and then, then I lucked into a few people that just have really caught on quickly, uh, and, uh, you know, adapted to, uh, you know, our processes, um, very quickly and, and caught on and, and, uh, you know, really, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to say it's, 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 it's not easy, uh, because, Right now, I work seven days a week. You know, uh, I'm not here. I'm not here 12, 14 hours a day, but I still put a lot of time in. And you know, I'm getting to the point where you know I was able to go to Vegas. Um, you know, my team did a pretty good job. You know, I came came back. I, I the building wasn't blown up. Um, you know, I, I didn't get upset or excited about anything that they did. Uh, you know, because they did a good job while I was gone. And, so uh, now, so. Uh, after you came into town, instead of having all these lines, 40 or 50 people deep, there are 60 or 70 because uh, you, you stole all their talent, it sounds like. I, I, you know, I don't know. I got two <laughs> of the really good people, I can tell you that. So that's for so sure. The one, the one person you got, you said, likes to close. Have they ever been to Oregon? Just saying. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, uh, all, so I've never been... I guess I've been in, in Aldi's one time a long time ago. Um, what are what are kind of the same? I, I hear it's kind of very similar to us in a lot of ways. Uh, what are a lot of the similarities you see between us and them? Um, well, see, they do a lot of private label, so so you know they, they don't have name brand brand products, and uh, you know just you know with their their pricing is really aggressive, you know even in produce. Um, uh, but, uh, it's hard to compare. I mean, uh, you know, I think they have the somewhat of the same type of customer that we do, uh, the customer that's looking to save money when they're shopping for their groceries. Um, you know, that, that's probably the biggest thing that we have in common, but they're always the cheapest in town on milk, eggs, uh, bread. Um, and, uh, and the one up the, 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 the street for me is very, very high volume. Um, so, and I, I'm only, um, uh, less than a mile from the Delaware border. They are about 150 yards from the Delaware border. Um, so we do get some, some customers from, from, you know, uh, Newark, Delaware is right, right across the border. Wilmington is real close. Um, so we do pull a little bit from there also. You know, the great thing is the fact that they are already there and you get a pull from them. I mean, being a business store, you know that there's a ton of customers you can keep pulling from. I imagine going the other way around would be detrimental to our business. So yeah, you know, I learned something the other week. There was uh, I had a visit from a couple um, execs from corporate last week, and one of them made me aware I didn't know this. Aldi's doesn't carry ice. He huh. said, so you should post ice. On Facebook, so it's eighty degrees here today. I posted ice on Facebook this morning. We got ice, you know. So ice is nice. You see, he said, "There's a customer you could you, you could take without them knowing it." So, you know. So okay, so uh, so you got into your store grand opening. You had to week delay, but it allowed you to do some training, which was nice. Uh, and you've just you're, you you got to your first inventory. And we talked a little bit about this, so I think you'll know where I'm getting at here. But I was looking at your your overall numbers, 
and totally respectable, but your uh, ending in, or ending uh, margin, your anticipated margin was pretty darn low. And when I'm looking at the numbers, I'm like, this doesn't add up. I don't, I don't understand where it's going. And then I remembered that at new stores on your first inventory, your freight is for not just the time you're open, but to fill up the store. So your freight charge is very high. Right, right, uh, right. So, yeah, tell me, tell me about that a little bit. Well, you know, I don't remember it being part of conversation through any of the training that I did. Uh, I do remember uh, my uh, transition coach saying about freight is going to cost you more uh, after we had already grand opened, and uh, you know. But did they when, say how much more? No. Or even no. ballpark yet? No, no. And how much no. more? How much more was it? Because your what's listed is one point five, which is seems amazing for East Coast. But yeah, uh, well, but I can tell you it was, was it, it was significantly more than that. Let's just leave it there. No, okay, <laughs> sounds good. Uh, so maybe south of south of eight percent, but north of six percent. <laughs> Uh, something like that. It's it, it was definitely more than yeah, yeah, more okay. than the number that you were seeing. Yes, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so yeah, so you didn't. That's something you weren't really uh, given a heads up on. And I'm I'm curious. I wonder. I wonder if that is even part of their curriculum they got passed over, or if it just kind of gets mentioned if somebody happens to think about it or or what. Because that's that's a pretty. I mean, that's a Actually, not pretty. Yeah. That's a massive expense if you're well, not expecting it in a new store, you know, with everything else. Well, and I think, you know, I shared with you offline that I reached out during grand opening for a conversation about things that I wish I would have learned through AOT from, you know, from, for, for, from uh, being assigned to a new store. Uh, because some of the things, you know, we focus more in the AOT training on getting an existing store. And uh, so I did share those gaps, uh, those opportunities for learning that hopefully, hopefully, uh, uh, you know, my learnings can teach folks that uh, uh, before they get to experience what I experienced. Well, so, and I'm curious, cause I actually wrote this down as well. So what are some things going into a new store that you wish you would have either learned a little bit more or asked more questions about, or had a little more time with, uh, cash flow. Okay. And, uh, you know, I shared with Mike earlier that, you know, you know, I was fortunate that, that I was prepared for the unexpected. Um, and you know, especially when you get a week's delay, uh, that can heavily impact your cash flow in many different ways. Um, so, and, and I shared that with the training department, that, uh, you know, again, that was one area that um, I, I, I wish I would have had more experience with new store uh, than, than existing store. The other thing was your actual cost of equipment uh, because you're given a high range and a low range. And today with the way everything is, uh, that high range is, isn't even realistic today. And, uh, just, you know, again, just off the, yeah. just off the top of your head real quick, it doesn't have to be accurate, but how, how much more would you say in, as a percentage, do you feel like it was than the high range for your equipment cost? At least 25%. Oh, at least so significant. At, well, least, yeah. at least. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. because like, for instance, I mean, you get, and, and I, and I, and I pushed back and I shared this. Uh, you know, you're getting your invoices for like carts and there's a steel up charge. And, and I'm like, you know, let's, let's, you know, the steel, it's not like that steel charge is going to come down. So you should be just putting that into cost of goods. I mean, don't, mm -hmm. don't, don't upcharge me on things when we know that it's not going away. And, uh, and, and they did change a couple things for me because, because, you know, if you wanted to, try to be competitive and check other suppliers. It was hard to do that with those upcharges because you didn't know what those upcharges were until you got that invoice. 
So when you say a steel so, up charge, are you talking you're talking about for carts specifically, not your carts. not your racking, correct? Yeah, no. Carts, yeah. um, your U-boats, mm -hmm. anything that contains steel, right. uh, there was basically an upcharge on. You know, I think I think it's tough too because so on the one hand, that's I mean, so grocery outlet sourced your carts, you didn't source them, is that correct? Um so so I did look elsewhere. Uh -huh. But quite honestly, uh, we were competitive in the total price right. with the market. So, because I feel, I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like it would be good, maybe grocery outlets' responsibility, maybe not, but good nonetheless to, you know, give as accurate of a range as possible. And when we're going through, you know. Uh, massive inflation and shipping issues and all that kind of stuff. It feels like a, a good time for somebody to say, you know, Hey, uh, maybe this, this range that we're giving people is mm -hmm. not at all accurate and we need to add to that. Uh, but the, the, the upcharges that you would see on carts and U-boats and that kind of stuff, that'd be coming from the, the supplier because it's not grocery outlets upcharging. Right. You. Right. 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 Um, but I, but not having an accurate idea on pricing of what you're walking into. And I, you could make the argument that, well, listen, you're an independent operator. You know, that's part of being independent is that you need to look into those things and, you know, we can give you a guidebook, but we're not telling you exactly everything. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, grocery Alice corporation has far more data to pull from, to look at that. Mm -hmm. They have, they can put that stuff together a lot easier than each individual operator kind of going out and flailing along in stuff that they don't really deal with on a regular basis. Well, in my opinion, as we grow and obviously the East is where there's a lot of growth, uh, coming for us. I think we should be looking at East coast suppliers, um, mm -hmm. and, and looking at more sources than offering up just one. I think there should be, you know, a couple different options, um, you know, because, you know, you really, you get into a new store, you really don't have a lot of time uh, to, you know, to, 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 to make those choices, you right. know, uh, so you, you kind of got to go with what's, what's given to you. But, you know, I think we need to realize as this is a business partnership and, uh, you know, our goal should be to try and help the independent operator save as much as they can when they're opening the store. And, uh, you know, I, I think, I think it's great that, you know, over the years, all these relationships have been built, but again, as we're growing in the East, I think we need to build new relationships and, uh, offer, offer other, uh, options. So. Right. Just I, my, I can't imagine. Opinion. I can imagine all the additional, not just taxes, but just freight charges, just because so many things we buy are obviously from, know, over on this side and you don't have the luxury of just running down to your local, you know, Pape for your forklift or having a car place around. And, and I know there's been a lot of um, frustrations among operators just with not having actual um, better contracts, you know, for like the carts, you know, last time we bought carts, the, the steel charge, you know, it was nothing three years ago. And then all of a sudden this last time was 25% on top of an additional freight, everything else. I think I paid uh, over double for our last set of carts. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it, it happened for us, but you need yeah. to have some kind of heads up yeah. about it. I, I see that. But yeah. uh, I would, I guess Dylan, I, I just assumed that the East coast still has, you know, forklift places and, you know, infrastructure. Oh yeah. And I, I actually, I didn't do a forklift. I did a stacker and then I did an electric hand jack. Ooh, how do you like the stacker, by the way? I've used it like two times. <laughs> okay. I, I quite honestly, it was a bad investment. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, so if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't have bought it. Uh, gotcha. But, you know, I got a ramp, so I didn't see a need for a forklift. Um, you know, and, and, and the and power jack, how's that been working for you in place good. of a forklift? Well, good. And, and, and I've actually, I actually went with, uh, uh, it's got the, I'm drawing a blank. the The real uh, new age battery pack, so okay. it's not bulky. Mm -hmm. And you, you, when you charge the battery, you just pull it out, plug it in, 
and and it's real lightweight and it, it goes up to 4,200 pounds. And even the, mm -hmm. the, the drivers uh, sometimes ask to use mine instead of theirs because it's so much easier to use. It's an echo uh, brand. Gotcha. Yeah. I've, I've thought about that. Actually, when, I, when we came to McMinnville, I was like, God, do we really even need a forklift? I mean, we drive the thing freaking, you know, a total of 20 feet from the, from the truck, not even that 15 feet from the truck to the dock. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, but I, I did, I was, I was scared. I was operating scared and I didn't, uh, I didn't make the jump to uh, electric power jack or stackers or anything like yeah. that, but you're, you're giving me confidence now. Yeah. Do you have to stack your pallets 20 high when you send them back or? Mm, never been an issue. Oh yeah. Now see here, it's a little different. Currently the drivers unload and load. Oh yeah. They, That's going to change. They, so they, they, they unload the whole truck. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Ah, that's, I have that's never been, heard that before. I yeah, that. yeah. It's, it's, that's going away though. Uh, but that's, that's how it's been. Uh, the driver unloads, unloads a truck. Why is that going away? Um, just the way, uh, they're doing some things to help with freight cost. Okay. So and it's wrapped into your freight cost. They, yeah. You're charged yeah. extra because of that. Yeah. yeah. Man, in California, they pre-count your inventories. On the East Coast, they unload your trucks. No such luck here in uh, the great state of Oregon. <laughs> Wait, do you have bottle redemption out there? No. Discount bottles? No. no. Oh, man. Now no. watch. The, the next Maryland posting, 25 applicants. <laughs> no bottles. Yeah. So what made you actually choose Maryland? Uh, I'm familiar with it. So so I'm, I'm from the East Coast. Okay. Uh, and I was actually living in Maryland uh, when I when I uh, went out to Oregon. Uh, I actually sold my home in Maryland, uh, where I was living while I was out in Oregon. So, uh, but yeah, so I, I've lived in Maryland a couple times, and just very familiar with with what uh, the customers' needs are, and and uh, because I've run it's it's been years since I've ran a grocery store in Maryland, uh, but Hagerstown where we have a location. Uh, I ran a grocery store for five years, um, many years ago. In fact, that's where my three oldest children were born, uh, in, in Hagerstown. So, uh, very familiar with the area. So you're from the East coast. That's you ended up back in the East coast. I was, I'm assuming that's kind of where you wanted to be to end up. Well, you know, I was, interested in going to wherever the best opportunity was ah smart <laughs> smart by the way i think sometimes people get too hung up on like well i, I definitely want to be here i definitely don't want to be there yeah. you know, I, not, not only is my where single, the heart is yeah not only a single operator you know my children are all grown and uh you know i i don't have uh a significant other in my life right now so you know uh, i was kind of a nomad so <laughs> Gotcha. Uh, so, so it's easy for me to, yeah, get there. So now that you're back on the East Coast, is there is there any advice that you'd give somebody that's coming to open a store out there? Besides, don't buy a stacker. Besides, don't buy a stacker. Yeah, and watch your uh, opening freight cost. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you know, if you're an AOT in training right now. I would say, you know, make as many connections as you can, uh, whether it's West Coast or East Coast. If you're planning on coming to the East Coast, start making connections with folks that are back there now. Uh, and, uh, you know, don't be afraid to, to, to reach out to them and ask questions. Um, understand and ask questions, especially if it's a new store, about cash flow during store opening. Um, when you get to, uh, the market, uh, you know, don't wait to hire, start your hiring early. Uh, I did that, you know, on nice days, even during construction, I'd pop the tent up outside, sit out front. If I didn't have interviews already scheduled, I would take up walk up interviews. Uh, but just, uh, you know, 
don't be afraid. To, there's a lot of great operators here on the East Coast. Uh, don't be afraid to reach out to them and ask questions. Um, just, uh, you know, there, there are differences as far as ordering, you know, with the meat and produce, those are things when you would have to learn if you came to this area. Um, but, uh, I don't know. You know, one thing you mentioned is you had over 3000 likes on your Facebook page before you open. Uh, I don't know if you've seen numbers, of what people open with, uh, but that's a huge number. Even you said you're at 5,000 now. Yeah. So, so, um, I had one of my peers in out here in the East, uh, text me one day, he goes, dude, how much are you boosting? And I'm like a lot. He goes, man, I'd go broke if I was boosting as much as you are. And I said, you know, I'm in a new market. So I've got to find new, try to find different ways to find new customers. So I, I boosted a lot, um, you know, and, uh, uh, that, that, you know, th that boosting though, now gives me a ton of reach. Um, you know, when I post something, you know, there's a lot of people to share it out. Um, so, you know, you know, get, getting that Facebook up early. And that was one of the things I learned in training, but also from Angie and Tom. And, uh, you know, I made sure that first week I was in the market that, that I had Facebook up. And, uh, I actually, when I went to do the wrap on my car, uh, the place that I, I had it done is just up the street, but it's over in Delaware from the store. And, uh, one of the guys at that place is like, man, you're all over social media already. And I had only been in the market like three weeks. Um, that's awesome. so yeah, so, so that's, it's, it's, and it's something, you know, like if you ask me through training and, and any of the interviews that were, were done. Uh, it, when, when I was asked what I was felt that I needed more training in, uh, I would say social media, but, you know, uh, and there's still things I could do better, but you know, what I've, the base that I've built, uh, you know, my goal was to get to, to 5,000 by the first of the year, which we did. Um, now I got to, <laughs> put that goal at 6,000 feed the beast. I haven't put a time frame for that yet, but, it's, but, uh, yeah. What have you found has been the most successful types of posts that you've done on Facebook? Um, so I, I've, I've done some, you know, we've gotten some deals on produce. Um, you know, I I've posted and that's one of the items that were, I thought I had enough for three or four days and it, and it, and it blows out, but just anything with a good price. Um, that, so mainly, you know, mainly like product, product focused posts. Then. Yep. Like yep. Specific. Club, this is the product. Packs. This is the price. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing that I do is for the win, what you saved, mm -hmm. I use local dignitaries, uh, okay. to do the drawing with me. Okay. Oh, great idea. Yeah. So yeah, the, fir the, fir yeah. the first, the first person that I used, you know, and uh, I shared with you guys offline, uh, that it's real important for me to support the veteran community. So we had done a, a, a big donation to one of the veteran organizations. Um, and so I invited the lady from that for the first one. The second one I had, uh, uh, uh met a Marine recruiter, uh, during, um, you know, when I was out connecting with the community before we opened, he came in as dress blues and did the drawing. Uh, the second one, uh, we, we have a downtown Alliance here in Elkton and there was a, a, a new executive, uh, that just accepted the job. So I thought it was a great way for her to get her name out since I have so many followers on Facebook. So I invited her, uh, the fourth one, I use the commander from the VFW. And when, when he, he really knows a ton of people in the community. And on that one, I started boosting it afterwards. Okay. And when, when I started boosting it, like he, he got more hits than, than anyone. And I don't know if it was just because it, it was him, but I boosted it. And then the last one I did on April 1st, the Easter bunny, I had the Easter bunny do the drawings. <laughs> 
So, so, you know, and, and, and that way too, there's, there's, there's not only are they getting to see somebody, I'm not doing it. There's no, you know, no, like, cause, cause you know, you know, someone will say you need to dig deeper next time or, you know, something like that. But there's the, I get a lot of good feedback, uh, from, from customers and comments online when I do those types of things. So, so two questions about that. One, who gave you that idea to have other people do the drawing? You, you. Okay. And then second, uh, you had said you need help with social media because that was one of your strong, you know, your, your weak points. That's probably the most genius thing I think I've ever heard with the win way you save, just because I, I feel like people are so excited about it and they want to know more about it and they want to win. And, and, and there's always that question of like, are stores really doing it? Uh, the fact that you have someone doing it that has even a bigger following, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely will steal that from you. Um, yeah, what what yeah. and and what's sometimes like if I get two that are too low, I'll do another one. And uh, the one that I had the commander from the VFW, he played right along with me because I, I ended up doing a third one and it was like the largest one that I've ever done. <laughs> and, I, and I looked at him, I said, Charlie, I might need to borrow some money. And he reached in his, <laughs> reached in his pocket, you know? <laughs> and uh, so, so, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's live. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, just fun getting that interaction and, and, uh, yeah, I haven't decided who I'm going to get next time, but I, I just, uh, you know, I, I'm starting to think about maybe using even some local business owners, um, you know, to to build that connection there too. So, yeah, I think that's a that's a, a great idea too. I mean, that you know, all those businesses have their own reach, and you know, whenever yep. you can kind of tie into that, and you're not really asking anything of them other than you know, come be on Facebook and draw this thing, and we'll we'll shout out your business, you know? So that's a, uh, yeah, I like that. Maybe when we start to win what you save again, when the app comes out, I'll, I'll steal that. Although I don't know, I don't know if that'll work with the app though, right? Cause there's no receipt. <laughs> you'll have to, you'll have to figure out a, a digital version of how to, you know, have the person come yeah. through and swipe your phone or something. I don't know. Well, my, one of the last drawings, well, the last drawing that I did, um, Right away, I recognize the lady's name. She's somebody I deal with at the local food bank all the time. So, of course, when I reached out to her, she was like thrilled uh, to win. So, yeah. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Well, Scott, listen, uh, we're we're coming to the uh, end of our time here, but it's been it's been a real a real pleasure talking to you, and uh, you know. Best of luck with the store. I got to tell you, looking at your numbers uh, for your first for for your first inventory for just getting going for all that kind of stuff, you're doing you're doing great, man. So second in, second inventory Tuesday. Okay, so I'll be I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up uh, a week or so later. You know when the final yeah. final numbers come yeah. through. Yeah, but uh, no, appreciate you guys having me. Uh, definitely, you know, grateful for the opportunity that Grocery Outlet's given me. And uh, thanks for having me. All right. Well, that was a, once again, the standard uh, statement here. That was a great conversation that we just had with Scott. I, I, I really, I kind of, I liked talking to somebody from a completely different market. Um, I mean, you know, the East Coast is is similar in a lot of ways, obviously same company and all that kind of stuff, but there's just so many different things like, you know, the truck drivers unloading the trucks and all kinds of stuff. It was it was good good to talk to him. It's funny. I, I always think of that market as, you know, pretty small, but it's growing extremely fast. Uh, do you know how many stores are over there now? Uh 800 and no, I have no idea. I was just going to make a number that it was going to be neither funny nor accurate. So we'll scrap that. <laughs> uh, a lot, but I mean, well, geez, they're open in, you know, what, 45 stores a year, 50 stores a year. And, and I would say 80% of those are East coast at least. So, uh, 
Yeah. Again, you're throwing out numbers. I'm going to fact check you on all this. So, it, oh, sorry, 81.6% <laughs> of new stores are East Coast <laughs> stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I already said it, but I, I love the idea of having someone else do the when will you save drawing, you know, on a live. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, probably one of the most genius things I've heard when it comes to that, just because, you know, you always hear about people say, you know, is it real or I never win, not realizing that, you know, you get a, probably a thousand plus of those receipts. So, yeah, the, the odds of you winning, pretty slim. Yeah, but, well, and then anytime you can do something to just, I mean, you know, win what you save can be a, a great thing to showcase the savings, to drum up excitement and that kind right. of stuff. So it is its own thing. But then when you can add on an extra layer with very little effort, I can't say it's not effort for him to go find these people, but you know, you're changing out one thing, but your, your reach goes so much farther. I would imagine you're hitting so many more people right. that wouldn't necessarily be on your Facebook page, you know, cause those people have followings and those people have family and friends and companies and so on and so forth. So yeah, this is a great idea. Great idea. Yeah. Yeah, one thing I sure. saw, I'm sure a lot of people do this, but when I was at the Grant Pass store a couple of years ago, I saw that they would post and print the picture of the person who won and put it on the Win What You Save box so people can see that person. Uh, also gives it a little more validity to, you know, it's real and here's a person that you also might know and it kind of just makes it a little more personal and fun as well. Yeah, I, I wonder if they've gotten, uh, and I'm sure if somebody decided they didn't want that, that it wouldn't be a problem. But I wonder how often anybody says, I really don't want my picture up or not, you know? Right. So how often, Dylan? Just as a uh, give it to we, me. So, well, so we did the picture thing for a little while. Um, oh, you did? We, yeah. Um, we stole the idea from them. Um, sure. And then we posted pictures on Facebook of our winners oftentimes. Uh and I think I've only had probably one or two that said, you know, I really don't want to be on Facebook. And so, you know, we didn't, you know, push it or anything. Uh, we still posted it. No, just kidding. No. <laughs> we just didn't tell them. No. Yeah, that's right. No, but, you know, we, we they, they it, weren't so. on Facebook anyway, so they wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so. Gotcha. So, you know, the one thing that's, the, well, there's a lot of things that stuck out to me in this yeah. call, but the one thing that really did, and it's something that I've really, I've known about forever at Grocery Outlet, is that, that extra freight cost that uh, comes with a new store. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, first of all, I think it should be there. I mean, it makes sense. You know, we split freight. It, you have to bring in a lot of freight to fill up the store for the first time. It makes sense. What's never made sense to me, though, is that that number is not represented anywhere. As an operator, you can't see it. I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. And you don't see it until uh, until your inventory is finalized. So when you pull up your AS400, it's just going to show you the freight charge from the day you opened until that period of time. And, you know, I've talked to other people and maybe it gets mentioned, but I don't, I don't think it gets the, the emphasis that mm-hmm. it deserves uh, for new operators going into stores. And, and I also don't think it's enough to just say, Hey, your freight will be higher because, because, you know, you don't have a frame of reference. And, uh, I think that would be extremely valuable for people's planning and cash flows and all that kind of stuff. When you've got a million and one things going on to know that, you know, instead of one and a half, percent freight or even two percent freight or whatever it is it's going to be you know seven or eight i mean that's a that is a huge chunk to not have be not have planned for right and And my sample size is small from knowing more about it um but if if it is that significant and if they are pulling that five six seven percent out of your first inventory that's already going to be very small because it's only a 45 day inventory or whatnot maybe that's something that is uh built into the initial loan um, rather than taking that all on. Yeah. I, I'd be curious to, to hear if that has been kind of the census amongst a lot of new operators open up new stores um, because yeah, they, if they charge an extra 5,000, 10,000, whatever it is um, that you're not really expecting or planning for 
that can not only be uh, a big hit to the wallet, um, mentally, that could also kind of just throw you for a loop. You know, that's your first initial uh, time as an operator. And to have that kind of uh, somewhat of a hidden or non-discussed charge could mentally set you off a little bit with like, well, what other charges are there going to be or what other amounts could there be that I'm not aware of or, or know about versus if they say in the beginning, Hey, by the way, you're going to pay ballpark this amount. You can either maybe rolled into your loan or prior to, or at least just knowing about it. So you can expect it. Um, yeah. I, especially going into your first inventory, right? You know, you're all jazzed. You've been, you've been just, you know, working your tail off, you know, you've had, you've been on an, an, an adrenaline high and exhausted all at the same time for the last, you know, three months and to kind of have that uh, sneak up on you. Um, yeah, it could be, I could, it'd be a big hit to, to your, you know, mental state. I would imagine I, I've always, or not always, but I, I feel like what might be a solution to that though is if they spread out that extra freight charge over the course of your first four inventories. So it's not such a massive uh, hit. And obviously when I said, you know, five to 7%, it is a percentage of sales. So, you know, your sales are dependent, but most new stores in their first three months are, you know, a little bit sales challenged. Right. And maybe they do, you know, maybe they take, uh, they, they take that and spread it amongst your future commissions. I mean, I, I know for our first store, well, I got that was so long ago. Yeah. I guess a little, I don't research think they did might with be you because we talked about that when you opened your store and I don't, I, it all came out on your first inventory. I'm okay. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, be, listen, you know, you know who we can talk to about this. We could talk to our next guest about I know a this. guy. You know a guy. Okay. I know a Excellent. guy. So uh, on the next podcast, uh, two weeks from today, we are going to have on, drumroll please, Dylan, will you do the honors? John Decker will be on our next call. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, so if anyone's listening out there who has questions that they would like answered or ideas uh, John Decker said he's open to anything, any questions, no gloves. Um, obviously, Mike and I want to keep our stores, and, and so maybe there'll be some, <laughs> some light gloves there. Uh, but he said he'll be an open book, whatever we want to discuss, what we want to talk about. Um, does Decker know that it's going to be a four-hour podcast? Did you let him know that? <laughs> I don't know that he does. I don't well, know. Well, you should have. Uh, yeah. So, uh, John, Decker, we got a listening. short list of of 600 questions from operators around the company. No big deal. <laughs> right. So you, uh, you mentioned 600 questions. Um, I saw a thing on a podcast a couple weeks ago. It was called rapid fire questions where basically, um, 20 quick questions, you fire at them all over the board, which is, you know, how we do all of our calls anyway. Sure. Um, just rapid fire questions. Uh, I, I can come up with 10 good ones. I'm sure you can come up with a handful oh, at least as well. Two. <laughs> how do you get into grocery outlet no <laughs> exactly. that'll be yeah it'll, it'll be sunday <laughs> it'll be a fun call i think on the end of that call after talking you don't say it was a pleasure talking to him you just say hey oh, yeah john no, thanks for for being here yeah. no yeah just it was it was something i don't know what but it was something no it'll be good right. it'll be good i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to it i really yeah. am uh, but I, I do think we're going to have to prep a little bit more. I'm just saying. Yeah, we, we, just, might, we might. Just a little. Well, um, I'll tell you what. Uh, next yeah. week, um, I know I always give you a bad time for never being in your store, but I'm actually going to sure. be in McVenville next week on Wednesday. Are you going to be around? I'll make sure to not be in my store then. Yes. <laughs> if that's what you're asking. Yeah, I'll be here. I'll be around. Or wait, no. Are you sure? Next week? No, I'm going to be in freaking Mexico. Yay. See? Never me. in your store. No. Oh. All right. Oi, oi, oi. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for putting me on blast, everybody. Uh, <laughs> no problem. Uh, so, uh, once again, uh, stick around because uh, we got a we got an extra little bonus uh, segment from Scott. Uh, definitely worth definitely worth the listen. 
Thanks for stopping by our podcast, Two Discount Grocers and a Microphone. We look forward to talking with you next week or talking at you, talking to you. I don't know, talking with each other. It's been a pleasure as always, Dylan. All right. We'll see you later. Bye. Have a good one. Okay, well, uh, welcome to the podcast after the podcast, I guess. Um, you know, we were uh, we just got done talking to Scott, and we were kind of doing a little wrap-up conversation, and uh, he was telling us a little bit more about his marketing and uh, and his son, actually, who, uh, who served in the military, and... Uh, we asked if he wanted to come on and talk about that. And he, he actually, he absolutely did. So, uh, Scott, yeah. Talk to us. Okay. So, uh, as as we, um, were talking offline, uh, Mike and uh, Dylan was, um, last Saturday was, uh, four years ago, uh, the anniversary of my son and, uh, two other Marines lost their lives in Afghanistan. Um, and, um, one of the things that, uh, you know, has been important to me, you know, one connecting with the veteran community in Elkton, uh, and with that, you know, before opening, I had shared with, uh, the VP and the DSM and, uh, back here in the East, Eric and Todd, uh, that I was going to do something in honor of the local veterans and my son. So, um, when I shared that with Eric and Todd, they actually shared that with the marketing team. And the marketing team got involved and uh, had a couple conversations with me uh, and put together an incredible um, art piece is I guess what I want to call it. That's called the wall of honor in our store. And it's a place where, you know, people can bring in pictures of uh, their military family, uh, whether active, retired, or, you know, someone, the, the ones that are up there, currently right now are ones that all lost their lives in, in, you know, serving our country. And, um, it's, it, it was, a, I couldn't have done it any better than what, uh, the marketing team did. Uh, they also recognized my son, uh, with a, uh, silhouette of him there. Um, and Benjamin was his, his uh, he was a staff sergeant at Benjamin S. Hines. Um, he was, uh, famous for, uh, he was very, very patriotic and pretty much any holiday picture that I have of him, uh, he has red, white, and blue somewhere, whether it's on his, his socks or his shirt. And he was famous for, he had this blue jacket with white stars and a red, a white tie. And, um, that's a silhouette, uh, that they, they put on, on, uh, the wall of honor in his memory. Uh, I'm definitely grateful for. Uh, you know, grocery outlet taking the time to do that for me. Uh, it was very thoughtful. And, uh, you know, I can't say enough about, you know, uh, my son uh, was an incredible human being. Um, just uh, proud of who he was as a young man. You know, unfortunately, you know, lost his life too soon. But uh, he was proud to serve. Uh, he uh, loved his country, uh, his family. Uh, and, uh, was, it was just, he was, he was, a a true servant to many, uh, besides serving in the Marines. He, he just, uh, really cared about people and connecting with people and, uh, just, uh, proud of, proud of who he was as a young man. And, and, uh, there's many things that we'll do or I'll do, you know, continuing to carry on his legacy. Uh, I actually have t-shirts, uh, that are made in his honor. And I occasionally let my staff wear them. Um, and, uh, they have a silhouette of him on the front and it actually, um, I'll, I'll sh share a, a story before we, we end here. Um, about a week and a half ago, um, I was up front and I saw a customer check out and she came back in and was talking to one of my cashiers. And, uh, I heard my cashier go, well, that's the owner. And it was his son. 
uh, so, you know, a lady came over to me and we struck up a conversation and I don't know if you're aware when somebody gets killed overseas, they bring them back to Dover. Well, she happened to be one of the people that they have a big house now at Dover where that's where families go and gather waiting for their loved ones to come back or be unloaded off the plane. Well, she happened to be one of the executives in charge of that. On top of that, um, I had shared with her uh, that, you know, the eighth was, was, uh, you know, the four year anniversary. Well, she said to me, she goes, was he with Slutman? And I said, yes, uh, Slutman was in the passenger seat. Well, here she is very good friends with one of the other men that lost their lives. And was, she said, I was just on the phone with his wife while I was in your store. And, uh, had that wall of honor not been there, had not one of my folks had the t-shirt on that conversation never would have happened. And, uh, you know, just a small world. Um, and, uh, you know, just, you know, unfortunate, uh, experience, but, you know, proud of, of who he was. Well, thank you. Thanks, Scott. I, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I got to tell you, it's a good thing I have a mute on this microphone. Otherwise you'd have heard me just yeah. sniffing away at that, you know? Um, yeah. It's, uh, boy, uh, thank you. That's all I got okay. to say. Okay, man. I want to leave it as it is, you know? Yeah, it's never easy to tell the story, but yet, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm glad to share because, you know, I'm, I'm proud of my son and, uh, uh, you know, grateful for, for, to, uh, you know, I, I always say he was more of a man than his dad was. And, uh, you know, he, he, he uh, um, loved what he was doing. So. All right. Leave well, thanks that. again, Scott. I appreciate okay. you, all the things you're doing. Uh, yeah. It's been a, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Scott. Hey, All right. See you.